Welcome to the Counting on Purpose podcast series. In this series, we focus on accounting not as numbers on a page, but as a language. And with any language, it's about communication and finding shared meaning. Topics include things from what is a debit and credit, right through to how we use accounting to tell a story. G'day, it's Justin Hogg here from RightSource. Welcome back to my channel. Today, we're going to do something a little different. I'm going to share a reflective piece with you guys today, and it's about whether accountants are living in a dream world. Now, I've been an accountant my whole career, 20 years. And in that 20 years, um, I spent a lot of time working and obviously working in a profession where there's a lot of rules and processes to make sure you get the job done. And you always seem to be flat out. Just it, There never seems to be a gap. And in one of these gaps, I actually took some time to reflect on what is it I did as an accountant and what... What is it I contributed? I came to the realization that accounting isn't real. Now, what I mean by that is accounting is a process, is a construct um, to help measure reality, to help measure things, see how things are going. But accounting in, its, in itself, is that's all it is. It's a construct. There is nothing real. There's nothing tangible with it. After 20 years of working in the industry and working with businesses and always struggling to feel that couldn't quite get on top of things, to then go, well, what you're doing isn't actually real, led me to start questioning, well, if it isn't real, why is it so hard? Like, that doesn't make sense. Why would something that is effectively made up, why would we make up something that is hard for us to do? So it took this, this thought of, okay, well, accounting's not real, but it's hard, and went back and had a look at, well, how do businesses use accounting? And when you look at, for, any, for anyone who's worked in business or with business, um, whether you're a CEO or, or, or someone working an operational within the business, you're probably familiar with the term month end. So the accounting team, the finance team, have this process they need to do once a month where they run through the month end process and it holds things up. You can't get the final results until it's done. It prevents accountants being able to be part of the business because they've got month end. It's a, it's a barrier. And it's something that also in my career I had been asked by CEOs, by HR, by a lot of people within the business, how can we speed up this month end so we can get it out of the way quicker, so we can get on with actually adding value to the business? And it's something I had actually spent a lot of time during my career trying to speed up because it was absolutely that. It was not only was it a frustration for the business, it was a frustrating for the, frustration for the accounting team because it was something they had to do every month and it was quite often a painful process. So going through this self-reflection, I sat down one night with a bottle of wine on the table and started to think, well, rather than come at this ad hocly, I'm going to sit down and work out for a month-end process that we do as an accountant, that thing that we do every month, what is it that we can do differently so as to minimize the month end. So I started unpacking Pandora's box. I started looking, okay, well, what is it that we do? And pulling each piece of it out and going, well, do we need to do that then or is there another way? And critically assessing each part and component of it. After a little while, I actually got to the end. And by that, I mean, I had unpacked everything that was in month end and there was nothing left. I came to, I suppose, another realization that not only was accounting not real, 
But this thing that holds up so many businesses and causes so much angst in the profession didn't actually need to be done. Everything that's done in that, that process could be done somewhere else. So now, now I'm like, well, this is what my whole career has been based on. This is what I've done for 20 years. Why? And there's another story then to understand, well, why do we do month end? And it's to look at where did accounting come from in the beginning. So 300 years ago, when accounting was first created, the double entry entries, when it was book and pen, writing it down, and it was a very manual process. When accounting was first invented in that process, because you'd be writing everything down in books and ledgers, each month, you would balance those ledgers. And only when you balance those ledgers, balance the books, would you actually know what your result was for the month. So through that manual process of, of bookkeeping, of keeping the books and, and making sure there's no transposition errors or written errors, the month-end process was about balancing your books so you knew what the result was. And for 250 years, that's what accounting was. In the 1980s, Computers came on the scene. And one of the first things that happened with computers in terms of business process was it went, well, we can automate this accounting. And rather than have it all done in books, we'll do it on the computer in a database. And what this meant is that the computer automatically put both sides of the entries in. They, put, they recorded all the entries in. And in building this process, they replicated what had been done before. So. The new processes on the computer, they still they put all the entries in and then once a month the books are balanced and we'd know what, would, what had happened. As computing power began to get faster, people said, well that's great that we've got the accounting result, but can we get some other results in that when we're publishing how we've gone for the month? So, okay, it's great to know the financial figures, but can we get some you know, non-fund like production, employee numbers, that type of stuff, and started to build the report. Now can we put some words around that and, and increase that so we can explain the numbers as well? And slowly as the computing power grew and our ability to gather information, that was all brought into that month-end process because that's when we balanced the books and knew what had happened. That continued and obviously as we moved through past the year 2000, we started to get more and more computing power. Uh, we started to get real-time reporting, a lot more information. That increased the complexity of that process, of that month-end process because that's the time where we balanced the books and knew where we were. And the only way that we did that was through the month end because that's how the systems were built, because that's how it was always done. Basically, we've built a very complicated system in our computing world based on something that was invented 300 years ago and we're still doing the same process. So that's a history of canning and I suppose why we are where we are, but it didn't quite answer the why for me. It's like, well, that's great. So we've, we've gone on this journey, but we, we haven't changed what we've been doing. And I, I, I don't understand that because, you know, when we went to iPhones, we don't use a DOS operating system on them because it just doesn't make sense. Why would we have something that makes sense and uses the technology to its full capability? Why is the month-end process, which obviously isn't using technology to its full capability, why are we still doing it that way? In trying to understand the why, I was playing with the cork out of the bottle um, of wine on the table, and that triggered another memory which helped me understand the why a bit better. 
And funnily enough, putting a bottle, uh, putting a cork in a bottle to um, keep wine is about 300 years old as well, so around about the same time as the canning. That's again been going on for a number of 300 years. As wine production started to increase, um, especially again 1980s, 1990s in Australia especially, um, there started to be a problem in that it was harder to source cork. So those who had a ready supply of cork, no problems, but places like Australia that didn't have a lot of cork, we tended to get either low quality cork or not be able to get enough to, to actually bottle the wine that we were making. At that point, um, we started to look at, well, what else could we use to bottle the wine? And obviously, by this stage, we'd start, screw tops were being used in all other facets of storing liquids in bottles um, and started to be used in the wine industry. Now, this was real, I suppose, slow in its take-up because there was a feeling that, you know, a good wine came in a bottle with a cork because it always had. So a lot of wine producers use the, the screw top um, either for the lower value wine or as a trial. Now, what they found was the screw top was actually better at storing the wine than the cork because there's no spoilage, so there was no risk of the wine going bad. And yet, there was still a lot of resistance for people, um, customers, they wanted a cork in their wine bottle, which seemed odd. So there was even scientific studies done to show that wine will age as well with a screw top as with a cork. And these, were, these studies took time because they needed to age the wine to prove it. And even today, people still, there are still people that believe a good wine is a wine that comes with a cork. Why do they believe this? There's no scientific evidence to back it up. The reason is they love the ritual. It's the ritual that gives the meaning to the wine. Not the wine itself, but the ritual. The putting the cork, screw into the cork, the effort of pulling that cork out, the pop, the, the, the taste of the wine to see if it's spoiled, that anticipation, is this wine good? That theatric, that ritual that gives them meaning, that's why they love the cork. And it's the same with the counting. The reason why we do month end isn't because it's the best process, it's because as accountants, as a profession, that's what gives us meaning. And to, to challenge that meaning to say that you no longer need this, that there is a better way. Instinctively as humans we go, but the ritual is what gives us meaning, we don't want to give that up. So are accountants living in a dream world? Absolutely. Is there a better way? Most definitely. As an accountant and as part of an industry, we need to recognize that what we do isn't real. What we deal, do is only a reflection on the world around us. And to do a better job, we need to be able to let go of our rituals that have brought us here and create new ones so that we can evolve and become something more than what we are today and create that new ritual that will take us into the future in a world where there is no money. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to subscribe to the podcast series. And if you'd like some more information, check me out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect and answer any questions you might have. Otherwise, thanks for listening. It's Justin Hogg from RightSource.